beyond the pain, pain. beyond the adversity. the adversity, beyond this life. It's Faith Beyond. Author, coach, and Faith Beyond founder Tim Maseko explores grief, loss, overcoming adversity, and so much more. The Faith Beyond podcast starts now. Well, I am down here in McConnellsville at the historic Opera House, and this is a place that they, they say there's spirits here, and we're actually here for a spiritual show tonight. Um, Colton Snyder is, is doing a big show. I came down. I'm going to get on stage a little bit and just kind of talk for a few minutes about the Faith Beyond brand and what we're doing with trying to overcome adversity and find success in life and fulfillment beyond the difficulties we all face. So it's, it's a real honor. I've got a special guest. I'm going to let her introduce herself and I'll tell you a little about what she does, but it is, she's like a seer. Is that, is that the way of putting it? Seer or a shaman. Some of you may realize it is that word, but we're going to talk a little bit today with her and let her kind of explain who she is and what she does and how it maybe it can help you with your life. Well, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, My name is Isha Scott. And yes, the title that I refer to myself as for the work that I do is a seer. Where this word comes from is the Nordic Viking lineage of shamanic practices that they had. Um, That's where my ancestry is from. And what I love about that term in particular and the phrase that I use with it is I'm somebody who sees in the dark. And so whether that's into the places um, in the human mind, in the human body, in our nervous system, with our emotions, that people are afraid to go, have a lot of challenges with, especially with emotions and trauma and patterns as they resonate in our bodies. I'm somewhat of a guide to walk you into those spaces to find the pockets for what the lessons are in our experiences and how to heal through them. That's really cool, actually. So, so the podcast is really about overcoming adversity and difficulties in life, whether it was the loss of a loved one or you had some kind of traumatic event. And, and so we do talk a lot about especially um, child loss, because that's one of my specialties. And a lot of people that follow this podcast typically have probably faced the loss of a loved one. So we were out in the lobby before we started this podcast here at this beautiful theater. And you had an, an interaction with maybe a possible spirit. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, I was watching you and listening. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> we just got here. Um, I like to joke. I have that effect on uh, the living in the past where my energy is very intense. And so, you know, I tend to shake things up. And so one of the ladies here was uh, working with dowsing rods, which will move and interact with magnetic fields in a space to kind of uh, act as a vehicle for, for communication. And so when I stepped into the room, they started kind of spinning and doing some unusual behaviors. And so we just started asking questions and said, hey, is there somebody here? Do they want to connect? Um, did something happen? Do you need help? And the answers were really interesting as we kind of were starting to inquire with this energy. And I asked, do I make you nervous? And they said, yeah. Yes. And I said, okay, well, do you want to just kind of hang out with me, walk around, see, you know, who I am, what I do, and we'll open some communication at that point. And we got another yes. And so as we were walking out of that space, um, a lot of times when I'm interacting with spirits, I get information through emotions or sensations in my body. Um, Sometimes I'll get visuals or auditory communication, but I got a sense immediately that this could be the spirit of a young child, just the way that the emotions were hitting, um, sort of the level of curiosity and nervousness. And I have a background uh, in special needs education. I worked with um, special needs preschoolers for five years and did private therapy with kids with autism. So I'm used to children energy, um, working with new experiences, kids that are different. And, you know, I do believe 
um, even when children pass, they they have an understanding and a, a way of being that's different than when they were alive. So I tend to pick up on those subtleties and nuances. Yeah, that, that was really cool. I was watching, and I, I hadn't seen those rods before, so it was interesting to me. And I was watching to see if Nikki was holding those, if she was moving them. Like, like, like watching, and her hands were not moving. These things were just turning on their own. And every time you came into the room, they immediately went from where they were, and they pointed to you. The one time you left the space, were coming back through the stairway, and they immediately like turn and face you. They had, you weren't even in the room yet. Like I just saw you coming and they were facing you and Nikki had her back to you. So it wasn't like she did it. And then you walked in and they followed you as you walked down the stairway. It, it was, it was crazy. It was unbelievable. I, I don't know how that, I don't know how it works, but, I, but it's really impressive. Well, thank you. Um, I take that as a compliment to my energy. So let's talk uh, briefly about what you do for a living. So you used to do, you know, work with young kids and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And now exactly what are you doing? And like, how are you helping people? Like what, what kind of services do you offer? So I first and foremost, like to always say that I'm part of a larger network of practitioners, healers, people in this type of work and community. And so I collaborate with a huge number of people. I don't often represent myself as an individual because I, I believe very strongly that healing happens in connection. That being said, what I bring to those spaces is a, a practice that I've developed from several different modalities that I've worked with, um, shamanic practices being one, Reiki being another, just working with spirit, earth-based energy, those types of things. But essentially what I do is I orient people to understand that like life is our teacher, right? The experiences that show up are always for us, for our evolution, for whatever it is that our souls signed up to experience. Um, and that includes things that are horrific and tragic and traumatic, as well as things that are incredibly euphoric and beautiful and life-changing. And so what I teach people through working with energy, through understanding patterns in our nervous system, is how to respond to life with whatever shows up, how to meet the teacher as they arrive, so that we're not resisting the lessons as they come, but we can say, oh, okay, I can see the bigger picture of what's entering my field energetically of where it's trying to take me. And in that way, we don't resist the processes that come through for us. We actually learn how to surrender to things that show up and evolve with them um, rather than developing patterns out of fear or survival that we want to avoid whatever's happening in our reality. Okay. It's interesting. This is October. So, it, you know, it's Halloween times coming and everyone <laughs> always starts to think about spirits and all these things. So it's a really good time to have this interview. So I'll probably put this out here in just a few weeks from now. But my question is this, I mean, there's a lot of Christian people, like mm -hmm. they're Christians and yet they have a hard time believing that spirits exist on the earth, which is kind of, as you stop to think about it, it's kind of weird because if you believe in an afterlife, <laughs> then they're going somewhere, right? Exactly. And so it doesn't seem that far-fetched to me at all, What, no matter what your religious background is, but I'm just talking about like I was raised as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And so I've kind of opened my mind. I'm very, you know, open-minded to different things that may occur. And, and it's interesting to me how so many people that I know will be like, oh no, ghosts are not real. Spirits don't. I think that's crazy. And so my question <laughs> to you is how does a spirit get, why are they still here versus maybe wherever they're supposed to be? In the work that I've done with spirits and asking that question, one of the things that I encounter quite often is a lot of people don't realize that they're dead. So there's, there's a transition process that I've uh, come to understand where the consciousness of the person 
isn't necessarily like all knowing the second that they transcend their body, especially if that occurs through trauma, through um, any type of addictions or things that are kind of interfering with their their mental capacity or their consciousness. Elderly people, people that have Alzheimer's, um, that happened in my family. Both of my grandmothers passed from that. And the first time that I connected with them, they didn't realize that they had passed. So I don't necessarily think that people hang around on this particular dimensional plane always for the purpose of like doing something or like the unfinished business. I think a lot of people sometimes need a little bit more support to move on to that next dimensional reality. Namely, sometimes just being like, oh, did you realize that you've passed? And sometimes that's enough for them to be like, oh, okay, cool. Particularly when people die from traumatic situations as well, sometimes... There's a form of closure that we can support them with from this side that just reminds them that like, did you realize you have other choices now than being where you're at? And in that way, you know, what I've also come to understand is whatever, like you mentioned with religion, whatever your background is, whoever you believe you're going to meet on the other side, whether it's Jesus or God or your loved ones or your dog, that's kind of what will manifest in that plane when you leave your physical body. Um, It's like the space where time doesn't exist So how we talk about manifesting in spiritual culture where there's like a lag between, you know, I want this new car or whatever it is. That's a very superficial example. But you do your rituals, you do your practices to start to align your energy so that that shows up. But there's a time lag. Uh, What I've come to understand when people cross their physical bodies, there's no time lag. It's whatever they believe is there will show up. Right. And so in that way, it helps people to understand and reintegrate back to Um, what I call source, like the unity of energy that we all come from. I do have experiences and examples, though, where there are spirits who genuinely want to contribute to the lives that we're living in a different way now that they're past. Both of my grandfathers are huge influences in my life, even as they've transitioned. And I think that when you have really close relationships with people in this lifetime, they're not gone, right, is the thing. Like you said, they go somewhere. And Whatever brings you peace to decide where that is for you in your world, um, what I think is most important, however you practice, whatever you believe, is to understand that a relationship is still available with them in that way. Just because they don't have a body doesn't mean that their essence doesn't exist, doesn't mean that they don't have things to still contribute and offer to your life, including at the bare minimum, just love, right? That's the one thing that um, I think is the essence of the source that we all come from. And that doesn't change or dissipate just because the state of matter changes. The sun comes up another day, another chance to be brave, braver than yesterday. It's all changed since you've been gone and you've been gone far too long it's getting harder to stay strong but when I look up at the sky I hear your voice in my mind it's saying I'll be watching from the stars even
things I want to hit on here, but let's back up. When you talked about the planes, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, when I was studying some quantum physics uh, a while back, I w- was really intrigued by some of the concepts that actually line up with a lot of different uh, things I've, I've read about over the years. But the idea that there are maybe more than just one plane, like a lot of people think we die, we go straight to heaven and, and that's <laughs> it. But it seems like there's actually different levels and it seems like you might be stuck at this level. You might be stuck at this level. Um, do, you, do you want to elaborate on that at all? Do you know, have any insight on that? Yeah, um, I actually, for anybody who's listening, I would highly encourage you to look into the quantum physics of this because the science that we've been able to cultivate to understand this this type of a concept is incredibly fascinating. Um, if we agree upon the fact that everything is energy and energy is vibration and vibration has different densities to it as it changes levels or changes states, stuck is an interesting word, but I think as you transcend, you know, what we might call the third dimensional reality, which is this reality where we have the bridge between matter and spirit intact. We have physical density on this plane. When you transition out of your body, you're going to a plane that doesn't have physical density in the vibration. And so that's the level that you operate. From a consciousness perspective, as your consciousness expands and evolves and you start to understand there are more options than the plane that you're in, there's higher possibilities or or greater kinds of uh, energetic densities to interact with, like that source that I mentioned your personal energy will start to transcend and move into those higher dimensional realms. And that's, again, where you access these different types of planes on the other side, at least is how I would explain it. Okay. No, it makes sense. So the second thing I want to touch base on was after my son died. So, okay, let's back up. So prior to my five-year-old son dying, I really would not have believed in any of this kind of stuff that we're talking about. I, I was one of those scientific guys. I was in my little narrow world and I was happy with that. And then after he died, all these things started happening that I couldn't explain, like all these signs, if you will. Yes. So we had things moved in the house. We had a ceiling fan that was started turning for no reason, and the electric was off. My wife woke me up and said, hey, look, the ceiling fan is moving. I said, yeah, the current can get through there, no big deal. Then it stopped, and I go, yeah, there you go. And, and then it started moving again the other way. 
which I cannot explain. Uh, and there's a, there's a hundreds of them. I could so many of them. But my point is this. They communicate with us on a vibrational level. So it seems very possible that our loved ones are given us signs. And somebody said to me, well, I wish I would get a sign. And my reaction was, you probably did but we're not in tune because the world's so loud and busy and we're yes. not trained to think that way. And so what's your take on that? I agree a hundred percent. I think again, when I talk about having a relationship with death, having a relationship with life, that's the intimacy that's missing in our, our current societal conditioning culture or whatever you want to call it. If we are in relationship with the energy that we have in our own bodies to notice when that energy shifts and then to inquire further, what is this shift that's occurring? Um, that's where I like to say it's like working a muscle where you can entrain yourself to feel the presence of these spirits and refine how you communicate with them. Because in the same way that you can feel the shift of somebody walking into a room and they're really pissed off, that same type of presence of energy you can feel with people who have passed. And in a lot of ways, that's how they try to communicate um, that's why emotion is the place that I usually go to first when I encounter them because I'm going to feel that shift occur in myself. A lot of spirits, because again, this is a new uh, way of relating for them as well, they have to figure out how are you going to pay attention to me? What In what format am I going to communicate to give you the signs that you're looking for so that we start to cultivate this relationship in a new way? Um, and one of the things that I tell people that I work with is, ask or be direct and tell them, hey, when you want to communicate with me, could you do it like this so that I recognize you when you show up? Because otherwise what they're going to do is guess. They're going to turn lights on and off. They're going to show you repeating numbers a hundred times. They're going to bring you butterflies. They're going to give you certain feelings or wake you up in the middle of the night, um, figuring out whatever it is that they think you'll pay attention to. But like you said, we live in a very distractible reality. We live in a reality where some people, um, whether they want to believe or don't want to believe, sometimes it can be hard to accept the signs as they show up as well. Yeah. It's ironic about everything you just said, we experienced like all of those things, except the butterflies. Ours was the dragonflies and I had the oh, cardinal. Yeah. The cardinal is my, my big one. So, all right. So a lot of great information, but I, I know that your show's about to start here shortly. So we're going to have to wrap this up and, and I'd lo love to talk more, but we got a big show to do, right? So, yes. so we're going to wrap this up. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with people, anything inspirational or motivational or just on your mind? Um, what I'll say is one of the direct messages that I've gotten working with spirits on the other side is they have a strong desire to have a relationship with us. Um, and I feel like that's typically mutual when we experience loss on this side. It helps us to understand, again, our own relationship with life and death differently, more intimately, more holistically. And so for anybody who's listening to this, who's ever had the question or asked or had the thought, is this possible to still have a relationship, to still communicate, to find ways to have greater understanding and connection with people that we love that are just in a different state. I want to be clear from my own personal experiences, and I, I'm sure you can share as well. The answer is yes. Mm -hmm. And so if you feel that desire and you need a place to start for how to work that relationship and build that, um, that clarity and that refined process of communicating, there are lots of folks that do work like that, that are really eager to support you because we love it when we see people connect and how this changes their world. 
I love it. I love it. You know, I started studying Hinduism and Buddhism and even Taoism. Taoism really got me going the other day. Mm-hmm. And so the more I study the Eastern religions and I compare it to my traditional Western religion, religious upbringing, it's fascinating that each one of those, we can get a lot of value out. I think sometimes we kind of close our mind to that or someone will say, oh, you can't. I think you can. I think there's a lot of ways. I just don't buy into the fact that only one person has all the answers. I think there's a lot of ways to have those relationships and to, you know, advance in the next life. So thanks for being here and shedding some light on that today. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for housing this important topic. This is great. You can overcome any adversity in life. Together we can overcome, we can achieve, we can go on and do great things with the time we have on this earth. So go do it. It's your time. It's my time. It's our time. It's our time. It's our time. It will make it count. It's a life. It's a life. And we live it loud. We don't stop and we keep on dreaming. Set the goals and we will achieve them. It's a time. It's a time. It will make it count. Oh, oh, oh. watch us close. Beyond Podcast. To subscribe to future episodes or to follow Tim's blog, go to faithbeyond.org and you can find Faith Beyond with Tim Maseko on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.